0: Well, we usually like Jimmy Stewart a lot, you know, good Presbyterian boy, and uh, and uh, that's probably not one of his most likable scenes from Shenandoah. What you heard in there was a, a prayer with a lot of arrogance in it, a lot of we did this, we did that. By the end of the film, if you've seen the movie, if not, you, you, you should watch it. it. It really deals with all the horrors of the Civil War and how they affect one family. By the end of the film, he is a broken man. And he uh, is quite different in how he looks at the world and how he looks at God. And uh, I'd like to kind of share that with you today. If you look at this picture of the pilgrims up here, you can kind of uh, get back to where all of this started for us as a country. and the idea of giving thanks to God, but I changed one letter. You know, there was a story about a Catholic priest who got to heaven, and as he was looking at the original manuscripts of the Bible, he says, you're kidding me. All these years, I had to live the way I did because of one letter being different. You meant to say celebrate instead of celibate, and, you know... (laughs) Uh, one letter can make a big difference. And if we change the G to an L, today I want to talk about thanks living, not just, uh, you know, for a few days or a holiday in the year, but really as part of who and what we are to be grateful people. And I'm going to take you through the whole book of of, uh, Colossians today. Doesn't that sound exciting? But I'm going to do it in a short time anyway. So Uh, It starts in chapter 1, verse 3. We always pray for you, and we give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all of God's people. Lord, as we uh, meet together today and as we pay attention to the scriptures, we pray that you would give us eyes that see and ears that hear and that you would give us an attentive heart and an active mind to take in and hear what you want to say to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, I want to talk about thanks and here we're talking about prayerful thanks. The city of Colossae kind of in western Asia Minor was a city that was part of the run by Persians. It was named Colossae because uh, there was a Lycus River that ran through that city and because of that river and, and the area where it was elevation wise it was a beautiful place for raising sheep and the city was known for its wool and especially because in that area there was a, a special type of a purple dye that they had that was rare in the ancient world and and because of that the city grew eventually they had a different problem though Uh, much like uh, where my previous life was in southern california they had earthquakes so eventually the city uh, died out doesn't even exist uh, anymore it's very difficult even to find the remains of the city anymore because uh, because it all just went downhill so much it says that Paul starts off, as he does in almost every letter he writes, with a thanksgiving. Let's not just ignore that. Let's not just say, well, that's a coincidence. No, it was very intentional with Paul that the first thing he was going to do when he wrote to a church was thank God for the church. And he does the same with the Colossians here. And he says that we, we give thanks to God, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for we have heard of your faith— in Christ Jesus in your love. So he thanks God for two things. What are they? Their what? Their faith and their, their love. The two things he thanks God for. The, this uh, quote by... Uh, from a U.S. News and World Report, people who make a, a daily and or frequent practice of being thankful were not only more joyful, they were healthier, less stressed, more optimistic, and more likely to help others. So friends, would you like to be less stressed? Would you like to be more full of joy, healthier, optimistic, more likely to help other people? How's that sound? Become more thankful. I I was uh, uh, telling my wife in confession that uh, as I look at the fruit of the the Spirit, you know, that God is producing in me, I feel like there's one where I've been a little negligent. Um, You know, let's think of the list, love, joy, peace. Let's Let's just go there. I don't think I'm doing all that bad in the love or the peace part. No, it could be better. But the joy part has been difficult. Now, uh, some of you women, if you're married to an older guy, uh, an old guy, raise your hand. Yeah. Would you, would you say that older men become more optimistic and joyful as they get older? Or does the word curmudgeon ring a bell, you know? And I said, you know, I want God to give me more joy. Uh, and I'm serious about this. I'm confessing it to you pray for me, I'll get more joy because it's in the next few verses, verse 10, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way. So how can I do that? Uh, How can I live a life? Is it up? No? Okay. So how can I live a life that is worthy of the Lord and will please him in every way? Uh, You know, in case you haven't noticed, you're in church today. Uh, you're probably here because in some way shape or form you would like to live a life that pleases God and and honors him how can i do that look what it says here bearing fruit notice these are present participles continuous activity bearing fruit in every good work growing in the knowledge of god It goes on next verse 11, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. Now, everybody see where it says number four? Go back, go, just go over there. Read that line with me, that line in yellow right there. Ready? Read it together. Giving joyful thanks to the Father. Not even just giving thanks. You know, it's this thing about God. You think you're kind of getting it, and he complicates it and gives you a little more to do. Because it's not even just being grateful and thankful, but it's doing it in the right way with great joy. It's kind of like, okay, well, yeah, I just wanted to say thanks. You've done a great job here. You know, no, it's being grateful, joyful in it. And again, what was our goal back in verse 10 was that this is how you live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way. Ben Patterson writes, uh, whatever we have, we have because God in his grace and generosity has given it to us. When we realize this, there comes into our lives a joyful gratitude for what we do have, and we are freed from resentment and anxiety over what we don't have. Very familiar kind of Christian thinking, you know, I... I uh, I was, you know, felt bad about the fact that my my feet hurt until I saw a man who had no legs, you know, that there's always something to be grateful for. By the word thanks here, I'm going to give you an interesting chart here, if we can put that up. Uh, The the Greek word is uh, eucharisteo, you ever hear the word like Eucharist? Like some churches use that when they talk about communion, they call this the Eucharist meal. But the, the the word for the root word for giving thanks is the same word for thinking, and it's this word Eucharisto. But if you look at how it's translated in the Bible, this kind of gives you. So most often on the left side over here, uh, it says thank thanks and thanked most it's in uh, the present kind of tense if you look at the top given thanks in the past or given giving thanks again still in the present gave thanks in in the the past now what I want you to notice in the in the the the, those I'm colorblind so I can't tell you what colors the top and the other ones are but if you look at most of that chart is in the present tense that the key to giving thanks is not, well, I, I told them I was happy already. I already expressed my thanks, or that I will give them thanks. Most of it is in the present tense. Give thanks right now, directly today. And that should be our goal. In uh, Colossians chapter 2, he goes on, uh, and now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him. Notice the emphasis, him, him. Uh, and let your lives be built on him. What is Paul drawing us to? Jesus Christ. Jesus uh, my, my, I have a deep love for the Apostle Paul. I think he was one of the kindest, most gracious people who ever lived in this world. I, I believe uh, one of the places I wanted to go that I still haven't been in my life is uh, there's a little church outside Rome where uh, he's buried. And I would love to almost make a pilgrimage to that place someday and see you know, just where, where his remains were in the, in this world, because without the apostle Paul, we know very little, in my opinion, about how to be a Christian. Uh, if we just had the Gospels, we have the example of Jesus, but Paul just does such a masterful job of actually making it practical for us and showing us how to live the Christian life. And here, as he, as he talks about it, uh, he... He talks about the uh, thankfulness that we should, you see that last line? Uh, overflow with thankfulness. Uh, you know, don't raise your hand on this one to respond, but how thankful are you? Are you overflowing with thankfulness? Would you, would you describe yourself that way? Oh, I just can never stop thinking for people. In fact, I was just telling my, my husband, my wife, my kids, people at the school, people at work, uh, people at the store, I just i am always telling people thankful. When, when I walk in the door, people are just glad to see me because I'm so appreciative of everything. I, I don't know many people like that in the world. You know, I'd like to just get an attaboy once in a while. Uh, and you just don't find overflowing in thankfulness. Here's a great example. Dr. Martin Luther King, Sr. Speaking at the Ebenezer Church, uh, his church that he pastored in Atlanta, Georgia. He had lost his son, AD and ML, Martin Luther, Jr. His beloved wife had been shot to death right before his eyes at the organ in that sanctuary. And on Thanksgiving, here was his message. Thank God for what's left There is always enough left in life to make it worth living. That was his sermon to the church. There's always enough in life to make it worth living. There's always something to be grateful for. Can I get an amen? Amen. Anybody home? Hello. (laughs) There's always something to be grateful for. Amen? Amen. Better. Thank you. Uh, it says in Colossians chapter 3, we're going through this book. One book of the Bible, all the things. Look how much he says about it. He says, And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one family, one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Oh, I don't know what God's will. I just am struggling with what God's will is for my life. Uh, let's read the last three words. Always be Well, yeah, but I need to know which job I should accept, what place I should live, who I should marry, all these decisions, where I should go to school. Live in peace. Always be thankful. Let's start with that. Let's start with that, and then we'll start to get into the other issues that come up in life. The quote here from Thomas Akempis, the great saint. First, put yourself at peace, and then you may the better make others be at peace. A peaceful and patient person is a far more profit to themselves and to others uh, than a learned person who has no peace. You're called to live in peace. You're called to always be grateful Is one of the keys to living in peace. Then chapter f- 3, verse 15, kind of a musical thanks. Let the message about Christ in all of its richness, richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel with others, uh, with, other, with each other, with all the wisdom he gives sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. All these different genres of music that we're supposed to use, uh, uh, keep it up for a minute, uh, the, the psalms, which is, you know, probably the, the, the scripture things that we sing a lot of scriptures that we sing musically. Uh, the hymns, which are, you know, more the historical churches of the church. Spiritual songs would probably be more like the choruses and the praise songs that people sing, but when we sing it, there should always be this undercurrent of thankfulness, thankful hearts. Uh, when you sing a song like, Be Thou My Vision, O Lord of my heart, it ought to touch your heart when you say those words. Uh, It says, we should do it always with a thankful heart. It was, uh, I've done a lot of work. I've been going, working in Estonia for 24 years now. And Estonians have interesting phrases. I like the way they think sometimes. And here's one of their little uh, quotes that they give out. Uh, Who does not thank for little, will not thank for much. And... (laughs) You say, well, I don't have that much to be grateful for. You got, you got something to be grateful for. How about the fact there's heat in the room? How about the fact that the chairs are nice? So, you know, how about the fact that people around you love you and care for you, pray for you? How about the fact that God is working in your life and you're growing and you're, you're better than you used to be? How about the fact that you've got people in your family? How about you've got so much to give thanks for? Well, yeah, but turkey costs a lot more this year. and We're having to pay a lot more for that Thanksgiving dinner. And, you know, uh, I got to put up with my my 97-year-old mother-in-law came to stay with us yesterday. Uh, You know, a lot to be thankful for. (laughs) And we'll just leave it at that. Uh, You know, and be grateful. Accept it all. If you can't thank for every little thing, you're not going to be really a grateful person. Colossians three fifteen goes on 16 17 whatever you do or say do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus giving thanks through him it's interesting how we always quote half the verse well whatever you do in word or deed do it all in the name of the Jesus and everybody stops right there That is not the complete sentence. Any English teachers here? It is not the complete sentence. The complete sentence is giving thanks through him. Look at the end of Jesus there. Is that a period or a comma? It's a comma. Do it as a representative. You are an ambassador of Jesus Christ, and here's how you act as his ambassador. You are a grateful person giving constant action in the present participle, present tense, always giving thanks through him to God the Father. That's how you act as a representative of Jesus Christ. You hear the devotional? Don't be here. My great mentor was Warren Wiersbe, and Dr. Wiersbe used to say people came up at the end and said, oh, that message was such a blessing to me. And he says, well, that's not true. Because the Bible says if you're doers of the word, you're blessed. You're not blessed in the hearing of it. You're blessed in the doing of it. And here where he talks about the fact that we uh, need to be giving thanks to him in whatever we do. Soren Kierkegaard said, when you read God's word, you must constantly be saying to yourself, it is talking to me. It's talking about me. Constantly. Colossians 4. The last one we're going to look at. Final thing of the sermon. End of the road. Anything else I can say to encourage you to hang in there for a couple more minutes? Okay? Okay. Devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Paul got it. I mean, look at look at we're talking one stinking book of the Bible here, and I've given you seven things where he says, You need to be more grateful. You need to be more thankful. And you don't do it because the pilgrims did it aeons ago. You do it because you're a follower of Jesus Christ. And because Christ lives in you and you represent Christ and you want to represent him well as an ambassador of heaven. And so you're a grateful, thankful person. You think that's easy? No, it's not. But again, the verse here, look at the verse. What's the last part? What does it say? A thankful heart. A thankful heart is an abiding sense, go forward one, of God's goodness. How do you have a thankful heart? You have a constant sense of God's goodness. Close with two things. I don't know why do you, why do we like what we like in life, but there's a poem I like. Written uh, here it is: five thousand breathless dawns, all new; five thousand flowers, fresh and dew; five thousand sunsets, wrapped in gold; one million snowflakes, served ice cold; five quiet friends, one baby's love one white sea with clouds above, one June night in a fragrant wood, one heart that loved and understood. I wondered when I woke that day in God's name, how could I ever pay? How could I ever pay? I drive a nicer car than my dad ever drove. I live in a nicer house. It's paid for. My parents never had that. I have nicer clothes than my father ever wore. I have two sisters who, uh, in the early dozen, first dozen years of my life, were constantly sick with heart problems. And uh, they're both in their 70s now and still alive. I have a wife who loves me. I have three children who mostly love me. <laughs> and I've got seven grandkids. And when I was driving north on Route 5 today to come here, I don't even know what that mountain is, mountain is you see straight ahead, but it was a beautiful mountain. What's it called? Beautiful, just so beautiful today. Read with me the great prayer of uh, Francis Xavier as our close, would you? Here's our prayer. Dearest Lord, teach me to be generous, teach me to serve you as you deserve, to give and not to count the cost, to fight, not to heed the wounds, to toil, not to seek for rest, to labor, not to ask for reward. Say that of knowing. oh lord jesus teach us to be generous to be grateful to represent you well in this world with great joyfulness in our hearts and lives and ask in jesus name if that's your prayer too say amen okay open them up i'm sorry the comment what's on the bag It's not a comment on the church. I want to be clear. (laughs) But if you open it up, I'm giving out 500 kisses today. Uh, And one of you, one of you actually has a gift. One of you has four in your bag. And when you come and see me later, I've got something special for you. But you got to show me that you did get the four. Okay. Uh, Now here, what good does it do in church... Uh, what good is it doing church and again untouched by human hands by the way i package these myself with rubber gloves on uh right out of the package you know uh in paper bags because my wife wouldn't let me do plastic and you know uh would you just find three people to say thanks to before you go home what good does it do to talk about it and not do it, right? You get that? I mean, in church, we always talk about stuff, and then we all go home. You know, it's like, let's do it. Uh, uh, was that a short enough sermon? I mean, it's, 10, it's not even 11 o'clock yet. Come on. I'm giving you time. And I know some of you can smell the pie, and you just want to get out there. I understand that. But before you leave this room, before you leave this room, and by the way, I couldn't give these out when the kids were here, because I just don't trust them to wait. But, you know, if you want to say thanks to your kids, if you want to say thanks to the people working with kids, the people in the nursery, people who run the sound, the people who sang today, you know, just three people, three people. You, you don't have to say, I love you. You don't have to it's not a holy kiss, you know, like the Bible said. But just say, this is a tangible expression of how of my gratefulness and my thanks— for you and you don't even remember when you prayed for me years ago when I was really sick and you don't even remember when you were teaching that Bible class and some of the things you taught me about the Bible when I was a young Christian and you don't remember remind them okay?